0: What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Guys, be, guys, be, guys being Guys being dudes. Guys being dudes. Sup? It's Pat's Interference. This is year six, episode three of your favorite college football podcast. The best college football podcast on the internet. This is Pat's Interference. I am Patrick Norwood, joined by my beautiful co-host, Patrick Brittman. Patrick Brittman, how you doing? Sup? How y'all doing? All the good people today. Pretty stressful times, eh?
1: It's a little stressful. Hey, I'm COVID nineteen negative. I got tested He's, for the first time today. Yeah, you're COVID eighteen. I'm COVID, COVID. You're so COVID. I'm so COVID and late. Got that boom boom pal. That's
0: that was a uh, yeah. That's a black eyed peas. That's reference a black eyed peas.
1: An awful black eyed peas reference, might I, might I say? Um, also in in news, because um, you and I had talked about this not on the podcast. So I'm going to bring up a conversation that we had outside the podcast. But that news dangerous. That no, this is good. That new Little Caesars half pepperoni pizza half breadsticks combo oh, is buddy. fire. I Bomb. just I just had it like right before we started recording. Like so it's good. still like I, I still so feel the and here's the best part of it. So if the if the listeners aren't aware, there's there's a new Little Caesars pizza and it's half pepperoni pizza, their regular hot and ready recipe. But then sure. it's half garlic breadsticks on the other side. Bomb squad. The best part of this is the equator. That little bit in the middle between the pizza and the breadsticks that overlaps, and the yes. person that cut mine cut it a little off. Yeah, so that slice of pepperoni pizza that had a hint of garlic breadstick on it is the it's best Little Caesars slice of pizza I've ever eaten.
0: Yes, and it's good. And I know you and I both used to take down Little Caesars quite a bit in college. Oh, all the time. I mean, we live every
1: day on the way home from class, so at least mm-hmm. twice a week I'd be bringing home a hot and red.
0: Yeah, we uh, we used to do that every Thursday night. We'd do that. We would watch, uh, sponsor the podcast. We'd watch uh, Parks and Rec and Archer and Community. Back to back to back. Boom, boom, boom. It was great. And we'd have a hot and ready. And we'd chill out. We'd have TV night Thursdays. Shout out Carson Birdsong. Shout out our, uh, I believe at one time, our website manager, Tyler Cohen. Although I believe he's he's given up that title. I think he retired. Uh, no, I, actually, I'm sorry. He was part of the uh, furloughs and layoffs that we had to We had to make uh in this COVID era. Hey everybody, speaking of speaking of website, segue, great segue, greatest podcast in the world. Uh, you can find us on social media, although we're really only active on Twitter at PI underscore podcast You can also go to our Facebook page uh by searching on Facebook Pat's Interference. That's P-A-T Apostrophe S -S 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 interference, or you can go to our website at patsinterference.com. Feel free to send us Uh, fan mail too through gmail at patsinterference at gmail.com if you have any notes things you would like us to discuss not discuss fashion tips bricks very fashionable so he can probably help you out with that uh, and you know, that's, uh, that's pretty much it for all the plugs. I think that's all the housekeeping we had to do brick. You had what uh college game day thought was going to be the game of the week, but I think the rest of us knew is going to turn pretty ugly, pretty quickly. Clemson 42 Miami, 17 Miami had three blocked field goals. This game or three blocked kicks. I think one was an extra point, yeah. uh, but, but they had three blocked kicks and still lost the game by 25 points. Uh, is anybody going to be able to take down Clemson this season? realistically until we get to the playoffs,
1: not a chance i not mean a chance. it's it's been the most obvious thing in college football all season that there's nobody in that league that will be able to match up against clemson they don't play uh who, who do they play this week I, I guess is what i'm trying to say but i think they're maybe off this week no they got georgia tech so they got georgia, georgia tech this i think week. they they miss um north carolina this this year
0: They do. Uh, Until
1: maybe, I don't know if they're still doing an ACC championship. I suppose they would be. They do get Notre Dame, but I don't think Notre Dame's going to, I guess Notre Dame's the one team on the schedule that you could look at and sort of think maybe would give them a tough, but I mean, Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, Virginia Tech, FSU, none of those teams are going to match up with the Clemson Tigers remotely.
0: Well, other than our, I mean, give some more credit to our beloved Pitt Panthers, okay? The Death Star is still charging, sir. So let me, let,
1: let, let, me, let me interject with my bone to pick right now. This should be good. So why is it? All right, Clemson is the most boring team right now in college football. Remember four or five years ago when a lot of the secondary teams in the SEC were really struggling? LSU was down. Auburn wasn't competing. Georgia didn't Go have off. Kirby Smart yet. Right? Go And off. the whole thing was that Alabama was just so boring, and they were just going to march through the SEC, and who cares? Well, Clemson's doing the same thing, but I don't hear anybody really like dogging Clemson for just being bored. Like it's I don't I don't know. I mean, I, this is this is like salty Bama alum here like complaining, but you know they've won a bunch of national championships. They're in their sort of death march through college football. Nobody really competes with them until, you know, November.
0: I don't know. That's just 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 seems a little lopsided, doesn't it? Yeah, and another thing on top of that is if you still go and ask people what they think about Alabama's offense, which we'll talk about here in a second because good night, uh, they still think—they they don't even watch anymore. They just see the final score and assume it's the same offense that Alabama has run. Now, granted, Tua changed that a little bit, but now that Tua is gone, people aren't, in my opinion, giving Mac Jones the credit he deserves. Because his numbers have been outstanding. We're going to talk about that. You know what? Let's go ahead and talk about it. You want to talk about Clemson anymore? I mean, Travis Etienne finally woke up. Dabo clearly listens to Pat's interference because he heard me say last week that Travis Etienne needs to start running the ball more. And he had 150 yards last week. So, there you go. Uh looked like a monster doing it, by the way. But is there anything else you want to touch on with Clemson and uh, Miami?
1: Uh, nah. Nah, let's I, move I on. Don't.
0: Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. So, Alabama at Ole Miss. A game that was not fun for either fan base. I don't think and extremely fun for everyone else. Um, there were so many horrible plays on defense on both sides of the ball that it really took the entire country a back. Uh, lots of comparisons to big 12 football uh, yep. from this game. Yep. Uh, brick, I'm just going to go ahead and ask you, you know, Ole Miss put up a great fight. Lane Kiffin obviously knows what is going to get under Saban's skin. He's going to run an offense that's really going to be high octane, uh, up-tempo. They're going to try and get the ball out. If something's working, then they're just going to keep doing it until the defense stops it. Uh, So that's great for Ole Miss. What should the panic level on a scale of 1 to 10 be like right now for an Alabama fan?
1: Uh, Pretty pretty decently high. I mean, there's a whole other reason we're about to Get into here as well. Or maybe we'll wait till we start talking about this week. Obviously, Nick Saban has COVID-19. We're recording this on Thursday. They play Saturday. As of now, that could change with the upcoming day's worth of news. But anyway, just speaking of the defense, the on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd, I'd be about a 7 concerned for this defense. If not higher. I, I mean, because the numbers are so ugly from that Ole Miss game on both sides. But, I mean, it was the worst played defensive SEC game I've ever seen. From two teams. Yes. I mean, yes. and the numbers, like, more points scored in an SEC game ever. More yards between the two teams combined for an SEC team ever. That's, you. if you're Alabama, you don't want to be in that. You would expect that to be like a, like a Vandy versus, you know what I'm saying? Alabama yes. should not be involved in that game in any, what they were. And the defense looked atrocious. They looked out of position. They looked tired. They looked out of shape. They could not keep up with it. And then they still got... Obviously, the biggest game on their regular season against Georgia, Tennessee. Another, you know, looking like it could be a a tough matchup right after that. That one's on the road. They still got to play Auburn. They still got to play Tennessee. uh, uh, You know, we'll see what what version of of KJ Costello they get against Mississippi State. But you know what I'm saying. There's a lot. There's a whole. There's still a a normal season's worth of SEC games left on their schedule.
0: Well, and I think. And now we don't know who they are defensively. I think for the first, I'd say, game and a half, uh, you and I specifically, but a lot of people were excited by Alabama's defense because of the same reason that now I think it's kind of an Achilles heel, which is these guys are so young. We have so many freshmen playing, not only playing, but starting on this team. Sure. Um, And I think a lot of the mistakes this week and a lot of the things, you know, look, it's great we got Dylan Moses back there, and I'm excited about Alabama having Dylan Moses back there because he's a great player who's been cheated out of two full years of college football. But you can't just rely on that one guy to kind of captain the ship. You know, you look at all the great Alabama defenses through this dynasty. You look at 11, 12, 16. They had three or four different seniors, juniors, that were uh, playing at such a high level that they elevated others, and they also covered for others. Mainly at the safety position. You know, you look at uh, even 2009, 2010, you look at uh, Mark Barron. You look at Micah Fitzpatrick. You look at Landon Collins. All these defenses had a great safety as one of the staples of the defense. And right now, Alabama just does not have that at safety. Um, they've they've been awful on the back
1: end. They could not generate any kind of pass rush against uh, Ole Miss. Um, well, and even they when they were tackle. getting in the
0: backfield, they weren't tackling. How, exactly. many,
1: how many third and longs in Mississippi, did uh, Ole Miss uh, convert? I mean, I
0: like. Almost all of them. Like I think Matt, there were two.
1: Matt Corral is not, I mean, he's not a bad, you know, with the football in his hands running the football, but he's not, you know, Kyler Murray. He's not uh, Deshaun Watson, guys they've struggled against in the past. And he was, dudes were just diving at his feet, taking awful angles, looking like they were gas and couldn't get to Matt Corral.
0: And so the
1: reason I put the the panic level at a seven and not higher was because I I don't believe they will play another offense like that the rest of the way Uh, that will challenge them quite, to that length and that style with the with the hurry-up. I mean, obviously Georgia doesn't run that style at all. Mississippi State, they're an air raid, but they're not really hurry-up in the same way. Kentucky, Auburn, Arkansas, LSU, none of them really play that style. Um, right. So, you know, because they had decent success against Texas A&M, and that's more along the lines of what they're going to face the rest of the year. But still, yes. I mean, that's a... That's a lot of points and a lot of yards to give up in a game that you were favored by 25 in.
0: For sure. And, you know, I, I don't want to be the type of Alabama fan either um, that is going to panic and completely say, oh, it's, you know, it's dead, it's broken, we can't fix it. No. yeah. How many times have we seen Alabama's defense? I mean, look at uh, 2014 and 2015. Bad losses to Ole Miss where they gave up a ton of yards. And what happened the next two games after those games? Uh, You know, you look at 15 specifically, Alabama played, I believe it was Texas A&M and then Georgia. And that Georgia game, they won by 30 against a Georgia team that was ranked third in the country. And it was a slaughter, defensively and otherwise. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I'm i not going to throw in the towel. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, my gosh, it's broken. I do think Alabama in the offseason needs to find a, a better answer for the defensive coordinator position, whether that involves firing Golding, getting him help as maybe a co-defensive coordinator, whatever it may be. There has to be something. We can't – Alabama cannot be paying this much money to a guy who is not lining guys up in the right formation who has guys that are still looking at the sideline when the ball is snapped? I mean, there are things. There was multiple times Saturday night where I just kept thinking to myself, "Why are we not? Why is Alabama not on the line of scrimmage right now? They're not on the line, and the ball snapped. You know, it was. It, it was like they were standing straight up trying to get a pass rush going. You can't do that. You've got to have the leverage. So, you know, I, here's, again,
1: here's what concerns me the most about about what I saw was they were again they could not. They could not get off the field. I mean, Ole Miss was 9 of 17 on third down, which is above 50%. You don't want to see that. Not the worst, but not the best. But then they were 4 or 4 on fourth down. So you take the 9 of 17, all of a sudden that's 13 of 17. Uh, and two of those times that they didn't convert the next play was because the center snapped the ball either over the head or out. You know, the center ended too. So really, I mean, we're looking at twice Alabama stopped Ole Miss all night and yes. got him off the field. Well, and, uh, you know... And one of those turned into a field goal. So it's really concerning. Two of those were field goals, sorry.
0: Right. Very concerning. It is is concerning. I am not going to throw in the towel just yet. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to say that it's broken. I'm not going to say it's unfixable. Now, do I think that Alabama's defense can come out and dominate? No. I I don't think, from what I've seen, that that Alabama can do that uh, a la what they did 2015. What they did 2017, sort of, 2016. You know, uh, I just I don't think that can happen. However, when you have an offense, like Alabama did on Saturday, it right. doesn't really matter. You know, I, I mean, you talk about how bad Alabama's defense was. How about this stat from uh, Roger Sherman? Ole Miss's defense prevented 41 total yards of offense tonight. As in, on 11 drives, they allowed 9 touchdowns, forced a punt at the 40, and a fumble at the 1-yard line, which, in my opinion, was not a fumble, but we can talk about that in a minute. If Alabama had gained every possible yard, they would have gained 764 yards in the game, but instead, they only gained 723. Now, that's a bad defense. Also paired up with a fantastic offense. The things that Mac Jones has been able to do... uh, at the quarterback position for Alabama is nothing short of incredible. 417 yards in this one, no picks. He was 28 for 32 with two touchdowns. Najee Harris had 23 carries for 206 yards and five touchdowns. He had a great night. He did have a fumble, but if I'm being honest, Brick, that fumble never really... To me, it never felt like it should have been a fumble. The more, you know, in the moment I thought it wasn't, and then I said, okay, well, maybe I'm just putting my bias in front of it and, you know, I'm not looking at it through a clear lens. I still go back and watch replays of the game and I don't understand how it was called a fumble. Yeah, he had been stopped
1: dead for a good two or three seconds, but.
0: And I do wonder if that touchdown is scored instead of that being a 14 point swing, how differently this game looks. So again, I'm not going to panic over one game, but it definitely. I'm definitely more hesitant to say Alabama is going to go to the playoffs after watching that performance on Saturday.
1: Absolutely and you've got to feel a lot less confident of you know the Georgia game you know it's just crazy that two weeks ago when Georgia struggled against you know Arkansas and I don't remember who they played next got up to a slower start in their next game but still won pretty handily Um, you know Georgia's had a had some slow start they played Auburn that's right yeah there was the swing has gone the other way. I think Alabama right now is favored by three against Georgia. I don't know what the line would have been two weeks ago, but yeah, I mean the confidence level has gone way down. Nick Saban's got COVID. Uh, let's wait to talk about that. And
0: yeah, yeah, but I, you know, I do want to just finish off talking about Mac Jones a little bit uh, more in detail. He can't miss. I mean, he cannot miss throws. Um, there there was one really bad overthrow, and it really bad. It hit the guy's fingertips the other night that he had on a wide-open Devontae Smith. Uh, and then uh, he had two drops. He had two receivers drop passes. Yeah. So you take away those two drop passes, he was 28 for 30. And one of those he threw at the ground because he knew it was going to be a bigger loss if they completed the pass. So you look at what he's doing, man. It's it's impressive. I would love to see him try and get outside the pocket and run a little bit more, but he doesn't really need to right now. And that's one thing I'll say. When we get talking about next Saturday, Alabama and Georgia is if that offense clicks like that, I'm I'm still I still might give the edge to Alabama because uh, it doesn't matter how much how many times because I don't believe in Stetson Bennett as much as I did Matt Corral. Sure,
1: but here's the difference between this: you're talking about the number one defense in the country, and the statistically last-ranked defense in the country. They're not going to have that level of clicking and that level of success just based on who they're playing. I mean, Georgia's defense is the best in the league, the best in the country, and Ole Miss is it's the worst in the worst. Right. Straight up. I mean, and I know that 723 yards against Alabama is, the, is a big reason they're ranked last, but yeah.
0: I, I, you know, we'll we'll talk about it more in a second. Uh, Speaking of Georgia, they did come out of the gates a little bit slow against Tennessee. Uh, Jerry Garitano actually had some really, really nice touchdown passes in this one. Uh, But it just wasn't enough. Um, At halftime, Tennessee was up 21-17. But then it didn't score the rest of the game. They didn't score in the third half, or third, second half (laughs) at all. Uh, And it, you know, Georgia just kind of ran away with it um you know now it did take georgia a little bit to get going you know with about i'd say 35 seconds left is that right the way i'm reading that's yeah 35 seconds left in the third quarter um yeah or i guess 36 seconds left in the third quarter they were only up by two you know so it's it's not something that i'm looking at georgia and i'm really staggered by their numbers offensively or anything i think the hesitation i have with that game is the fact that Alabama did play so poorly on defense. It's not really a fear of Georgia as much as it is a, oh, crap, this is not even anywhere near where Alabama needs to be going into this game. Uh, but it, Stetson Bennett, uh, you know, hats off to him. 16 for 27, 238 yards and two touchdowns. He did take a couple of licks and popped right back up too, which I know was a, a big question mark for Georgia this year. You know, this is a guy that not necessarily injury prone, but he hasn't taken SEC quality hits in his career um you know Georgia kind of struggled to get the ball going on the ground eight carries for 56 yards for uh for Kendall Milton um but you know it, it doesn't really matter when your defense is able to just stack up and not allow a point in the second half
1: 100 percent yeah I mean I, I Tennessee was you know threatening a little bit there in the first half I never really had the mindset that the Tennessee was ever going to win this game I don't did you feel the same way uh, yeah i
0: felt the same i felt like uh, i i won't say ever i would say in the first quarter tennessee came out um you know georgia had a bad snap uh sensing a theme here yeah. georgia had a bad snap that was immediately recovered by tennessee and they went up seven nothing um georgia tied it uh georgia had another touchdown right after that <coughs> hello hello COVID. yeah Co- no, you no, said that, no, that was negative just... No, negative tests. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Negative tests. okay, all right, just making sure. Uh, but then around the 5, 10-minute, I'd say the 10-minute mark, even though Georgia scored, Tennessee was moving the ball quite well. And once they scored their touchdown, I thought they may have a shot. At halftime, I thought they may have a shot. But as soon as the second half started, there was it was very obvious. It was very, very obvious that they weren't anywhere near ready to play that level. Um, but... You know, I don't really know how good this Tennessee team is. They're definitely better than they've been in years past. But I think only time will tell uh, to sort of relay how big of a win this was for Georgia. Absolutely. I would I, I would agree with that. I would agree with your assessment. Um, just kind of, we don't, we don't want to spend too much time on anything else. Uh, Texas A&M upset Florida on the back of Kellen Mond, who had a monster game. Um, Florida really, uh, Todd Grantham's just not the answer. Um, you know, Pete Golding, I'd say, is probably got the hottest seat in the SEC. Obviously, I'd say DJ Durkin and Todd Grantham are now right behind him. Did you um, see? Uh,
1: did you see that a fake Brett McMurphy account tweeted out uh, that that Grantham had been fired, and a bunch of people believed it, including Bleacher Report reported on it. Based- oh boy. <laughs>
0: yep oh boy yeah you don't i don't doubt it uh virginia tech uh gave unc all they could handle however it was not enough 56 45 unc getting in the top five we'll talk about that here in a bit uh you were had the displeasure of being at the auburn arkansas <laughs> game yeah and that's uh, the reason
1: i didn't get to see as much of the tennessee georgia game as i wanted because they were it's
0: that game was funky at the end at best um Auburn, Auburn's going to Auburn, especially when they're on the planes. Um, it's,
1: it's it's like, it's like clockwork when Auburn's at home, something, you know, Bo Nix was looking to uh, spike the ball to set up a game winning field goal. Um, and then there was about a 10 minute stoppage of play so the refs could review it. And then, so he, what he did was he spiked it backwards, which is by rule, a fumble a fumble, right. Which, But the refs blew the whistle, and an Arkansas player didn't jump on the ball for a good four or five seconds, so they had to just call it an incomplete pass, I guess. And, and the SEC officiating put out a statement saying it was a fumble and they missed the call later, but I I don't know what it is about Jordan-Hare and, and moments like that, and, and Auburn seemingly usually 90-something percent of the time being on the on the better end of it, but my goodness. Yeah, it was... It was a strange, slow, very wet game. And uh I'd rather just forget the whole experience at the end
0: of the I, day. <laughs> I, I, I will say this, um, because I feel like a lot of the discussion has been on Auburn. Uh Arkansas looked pretty dang good this season for compared to what they were expected to be. Oh, they're um,
1: they're Head and shoulders better than they were My, last year.
0: miles ahead of where they've been the past two years, um, and that you know they're not anybody that I think is going to upset anybody huge this year. But they also got a terrible draw uh, with the scheduling, uh, the rescheduling alignment, and everything uh, that occurred. I mean,
1: they upset Mississippi State. Any literally any SEC win for Arkansas is an upset because they went two years without beating anybody without in one. the SEC. And right. I got another thing to say. I I have I haven't understood this. And I've seen some on social media, and then I heard some of it after the game. The whole, like, Chad Morris was done dirty by Arkansas sort of, like, mentality. Like, people no. kept... Like, after the game, people were sort of asking some of the Auburn people, like, you know, what did you think about, you know, Chad Morris and, and his history with Arkansas and getting this win for him? And, you know, they they were saying things like, you know, yeah, this was personal. You know, this was... You know, I don't get it. Like, the guy didn't win a game in the SEC for two years. He took right. what... You know, whatever Bielema left behind, whatever shred of a program he left behind, he took whatever that scraps was and threw it in the fire. Like he, he tanked them. I don't yes. get that he wasn't done dirty at all by Ark. I would have fired him. Like I don't right. get it. But right. whatever. That's just maybe somebody can enlighten me. I mean, I know that they didn't like each other, and they, you know, Chad Morris doesn't like Arkansas, and, and the feeling is mutual. But I don't get this like revenge game there's this can't be a revenge game for a guy that didn't deserve to be there
0: right right i'd agree with you there i'd agree with you there uh other big games uh the red river shootout excuse me showdown uh became that's gonna take me forever became quite the adventure uh oklahoma finally pulled it out 53 45 they were missed field goals by a college kicker who had never i'm not making this up never missed a field goal yep sam sam darn i mean sam ellinger see what i did there they're the same person they're the same person uh he actually played on his head uh 287 yards he did throw a pick to seal the game but you uh, there were so many opportunities texas had to really put this one away and they could just never achieve it uh and sam sam l elger played his butt off and i feel like he's got to be one of the most frustrated people in college football right now uh but oklahoma getting back on the right track spencer rattler had a decent game but not great um, got pulled for a little bit uh, with an injury, came back in, ended up winning it in overtime. Uh, not really much else to get into from last week. Um, BC and Pitt was a good game, 31-30 in overtime. Uh, Death Star's charging. Uh, you had uh, Kentucky and Mississippi State with one of the most atrocious uh, football performances I've ever seen in my life, Mississippi State losing 24-2. to uh, People seem really, really shocked by that game. Uh, I am not shocked by that game because this is what Mike Leach did at Washington State for five years.
1: Yeah, I I, I just, what I, the part of it I don't understand is, is how, I mean, I, unless that LSU defense is just, so of the three, Alabama, LSU, and Florida, of those three what should be juggernauts, I don't know who has the worst defense, but I don't understand KJ Costello throwing for 600 yards in week one, and then he has not looked like anybody remotely like that. in the the two games since. I mean, he threw four picks. He was awful against Kentucky. Awful, awful, terrible. And, uh, I mean, we got to talk about LSU losing to Missouri.
0: Yes, that was the last game I wanted to talk about from last week. Despite Miles Brennan finally throwing for uh, Joe Burrow-style yards, uh, LSU got beat by a team they should have beaten by 30, in my opinion. Um, I understand that LSU had a lot of pieces and people leave, this Missouri team is atrocious. They are the new Arkansas in my book. Uh, and LSU just lost it and had a terrible play calling set in the last two minutes of the game. Um, it's In my opinion, it's inexcusable. This cannot happen if you're LSU. If you're a defending national champion, A, you shouldn't start off your season 1 and 2, despite what the circumstances are. And B, you can't lose to one of the worst teams in the conference.
1: It's, it's, it's reminding everybody of 2011 Auburn. It's, you know, they lose a generational transfer quarterback. They lose an entire defense. Uh, Basically, everybody that was a part of that team that contributed is gone. Um, And then, I mean, how many games do you see? Auburn won three games after their national title year. Obviously, the Florida game is now being played December 12th, uh, not this weekend. But they got Florida, South Carolina, Auburn, Alabama, Arkansas, A&M, and Ole Miss. I I, right. I want I want to know what the over under on wins there is. Florida looks like a loss. Alabama and Auburn both look like losses. A and M looks like a loss. Ole Miss could very well be a loss if their defense stays that terrible through December. I mean Arkansas. I'm not ready to say they're going to lose to, and I don't think South Carolina is all that good. I could put that as a like as a push.
0: Well, and I think one thing we need to keep in mind with Arkansas is that's a rivalry game, and that game is being played. Uh, at Razorback Stadium in Fayetteville. So let's let's
1: let's say let's say Orgeron wins four games this year. Does he enter the next? Se- I don't think they'd fire him after four games just based on what no, they just did. No, you can't. But you will can't. he will he get get on a Gene Chiswick level hot seat with four wins this year?
0: Not a Chiswick level hot seat. Uh, but he'll, it'll definitely be warmer than it should have been. Two years separated from a national title. I mean, Chizik, um, Chizik
1: was was the darling coach of he got the huge raise, and so did Orgeron. Orgeron just got a humongous raise. He was the darling coach, and it it turned around so quickly for Chiswick, I remember so vividly, and you know, I could I, I don't know I could see the same thing being with 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 uh, Orgeron. if they win four games this year and they and they look like you know what everybody sort of thought LSU might be without Joe Burrow. I don't know.
0: Right, right. No, I, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting. It's, 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 I mean, they gave up 586 yards to Missouri. Had, and Missouri had three turnovers, so they had three takeaways and still couldn't capitalize on a win. And that's, that's embarrassing. that can't happen. It just cannot happen. So no, I don't think Orgeron's on a hot seat after this season. After next season, if they turn in a performance like this one, though, uh, he should be gone. If LSU is serious about it, he should be gone. Um, you know, I, I understand that he's had a lot of pieces leave, and that's why this in this season's obviously incredibly weird, which we'll get to in a second. But you know, two years separated from that, you just you can't afford it. If you're serious about building a dynasty, which is what I think the ultimate goal is for a team, you know, you win your first national title, what's the next step? Win the second one. Go back-to-back. Go, you know, if you have to, go two and three years. Just try to build that dynasty so you can get the recruits and just kind of keep it prospering and, and going like Clemson and Alabama. And to be quite honest, the other team that comes to mind, even though I hate saying it, is UCF. You know, it has just turned in multiple undefeated, one loss, two loss seasons, gone and won a big bowl game national title whatever it is and then just kept up that recruiting class just over and over and over again georgia's doing it as well um and lsu is headed in the wrong direction for that so if they're serious about becoming a dynasty orgeron can't do this two years in a row uab at rice was postponed as was florida atlantic at southern miss uh just because we didn't do that segment off the top and so i wanted to get it done now brick do you want to move to next week
1: Let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about. Basically, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a lot. It's a handful talking about this upcoming Saturday and everything that's going on, and especially in the SEC. Two games have already been postponed. Uh, sure. Bama Georgia is. We're sort of in a waiting period. Uh, I kind of want to lead off with that off the top because I mean, Georgia, yeah, Georgia, Georgia I Bama like is the game well. of the week. Uh, it's one of the potentially the game of the season, probably the most hyped game of the season, regardless of conference and. You know, just less than 24 hours ago, the the huge news breaks that Nick Saban positive for COVID. Greg Byrne, the athletic director, positive for COVID. Saban's at home. He's still at practice. He's uh, not at practice, but at practice via Zoom. Uh, some yes. some some student managers probably holding the phone and 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 t- turning it wherever Saban wants him to turn it. Uh, they're still as of now playing Saturday.
0: Now yes. as of now, now granted, we are recording this a Thursday uh what is it october 15th is that right october 15th uh it is 3 p.m eastern time so keep that in mind when this comes out probably thursday around five o'clock six o'clock things could have drastically changed um right now alabama sits at a three and a half point favorite espn's fpi football power index gives them a 60 percent chance of winning which i think is quite high but at the fpi for all the Times that we crap on ESPN, the FBI is rarely wrong. Rarely. Uh, Three and a half point spread, over-under set at 56. Brick, Alabama's defense is obviously the big question mark coming into the game, right? Especially without Nick Saban on the sideline. What do you think Alabama needs to do on defense to try and get back on the right pace? Because I don't think there's no delusions of grandeur that they're going to pitch a shutout here or only give up 14 or anything like that. But what do they have to do to give the offense a chance to win the game? Um, basically,
1: they just have to get a few stops. I mean, they they gotta they have to, they can't do what they did against Ole Miss and just let them convert third down. After they have to get a few stops because Georgia's gonna stop Alabama on offense a few times or several times, and I'm almost willing to spot Georgia almost thirty points right off the bat. You know. But they can't let it get too much worse than that. They got they got to get Stetson Bennett off the field. They got to, you know, keep the middle of the field close. I mean, it was so wide open against Ole Miss. And when I say middle of the field, I'm talking about catching it over the middle and then running it for another 40, 50 yards. They got yes. you know Zach Pickens will eat these safeties alive if they can. They, they, I think they need to play some man. I really think they need to play some man this week. Yes, yeah, I, I
0: I would agree with that. But again. I'm not gonna pant, I'm not gonna panic. I'm not throwing in the towel. I will do that after this week if Alabama gets abused, right? If it is just a 30 point loss, 20 point loss, then I will start to panic. Um, again, I'm taking this season with a, a little bit bigger of a grain of salt than I feel like a lot of people are. Um, I think you're in that same camp. The season's so weird. Yeah, there was no spring. There was no summer. You had no time to really prep. People just sort of assume guys get to camp and just know how to tackle and take angles and do basic things. It's wrong. If a guy's been in college for a few years, that's correct. But if you've got a guy, a freshman, who's coming into the program and his only experience is tackling high school guys, it's different. It's a completely different game. They basically have to reteach you how to walk. Right? And I was,
1: I was completely wrong on how I thought that was going to go. I thought that because of what you just said, the lack of prep and the lack of a football offseason, I thought that that would just sort of make the cream rise to the top. That the clearly most talented teams would just outclass everybody because nobody has the same prep time, so talent's going to win out in the end. What it's done is create more uncertainty and chaos. And i that's not what I expected. I thought so it was going to be a boring, very few upsets kind of year, and it's not been that in, at all.
0: Yes, and I, I will say this. Uh, to give sort of a counterpoint to that... Um, you also have to account that teams like Alabama, teams like Clemson have very, very complicated, expansive schemes they run, especially on defense, but also on offense, that are sometimes hard to learn in two months. Sometimes yeah. it takes an entire summer. Sometimes it takes spring and summer. Sometimes guys start right after the national title and still don't get it, you know, going into August, September of the first game. Uh You know, and and so I I do want to take that with a grain of salt. You said that you would spot Georgia 30 points. Alabama right now is averaging giving up 30.3 points a game. Um, Now, obviously that number is a little skewed uh, based off of the Ole Miss game. I think the Alabama defense is good enough to get that number down to about 24 by the end of the season. And if you're going to sit here and ask me, do I think that Mac Jones and Najee Harris and the Alabama offense are going to score more than 24 to 30 points this game? I absolutely do. I absolutely do. I, I would. I would bet my entire life savings on that. Um, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm underestimating Georgia's defense a little bit. But I just think that, that highly of Alabama's offense right now.
1: I, I wouldn't disagree with you. But again, when you're playing the number one defense, I. I, I don't know. It could get you. Mac Jones and Najee, especially Mac Jones, isn't going to come out and pitch a perfect game every Saturday. And if there's right. a team. That's going to cause him and give him trouble. We haven't really seen a lot of Mac Jones under pressure and Georgia knows how to create pressure and knows how to disguise looks and create confusion. And Mac Jones has not really played a team that's done that to him yet. Now he's done a good job and he's made some throws that I didn't expect him to be able to make knowing what little I knew about him coming into the year. Uh, But if there's a team on this schedule that's going to create confusion and make life difficult for him, it's going to be Mac Jones. He won't have Nick Saban there to go talk to him. His offensive coordinator, uh, S- uh, Sarkeesian, will be the head coach for the game. and But it's going to be different. There will be a lot of already uncertainty and, and discomfort going if it's played Saturday, right? There will be discomfort associated with the game just because for the first time in, in, in 14 years, Nick Saban won't be standing on the sideline. It's yes. already going to be a weird, uncomfortable game. It's the game of the week. It's going to be a night game. It's going to be hyped. There's going to be all this hoopla around it. The lights are going to be flipped. There's. It's going to be this big, huge moment. And if there's a team that I think that can capitalize on that uncertainty and make Mac Jones's life difficult, it's Georgia. And that's what concerns me more than anything. I don't. I'm not going to say Alabama's automatically going to go out and score 45 because that's what they do. Now I would bet that they would. But if there's a team that makes me go, oh, I don't know this. You know, I think that this is a. I would, I, I want to believe that Alabama's defense can step up and that's what I'm afraid because I know that if the game goes sort of sideways, even for a quarter a, for, for the offense, now I'm really nervous. Yes. Yeah. And that, and that, it, that, that's my hangup. And that's why I'm having trouble really believing in Alabama this week.
0: If they play Saturday, if they play, and that, that's a big part of this too. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think I, I'm sounding a little more optimistic than you are Um. You know, like I said, I'm never gonna sit here and try and panic after one game. I, I can't
1: remember. Really? if I, We've been doing this podcast for six years. I don't know if I've ever predicted an Alabama loss. I've come close before.
0: You've come close, yeah, but I don't think you ever have. I feel um, like this is
1: the week that I'd be doing it if we were to bet and we were to put a put a prediction down.
0: Yeah, you know, well, we're going to. So I'm going to give you a chance here in a second. The last thing I want to say, so we can move on, um, is that Alabama. This is a team again we are going to be checking pretty much every hour on the hour for the next two days. I'm on
1: on Twitter right now, but yeah, to
0: see if anything breaks, because again, if you've followed coronavirus, especially in college football, you know, once one gets it, there's at least two or three more that get it at least. Um, Now, the one thing that I feel kind of bad, we're talking about right now that we need that we're not talking about, that we need to be talking about is this is a major health risk for someone and Nick Saban, who is, you know what? Pushing 70 years old. Hey, 69 Um, years old. Yeah, so, he's, yeah, right. Uh, is he 68? No, he's 69. You're right, he's 69. So I think that's something that's getting kind of swept under the rug that I feel like is a, I'm not going to get political, but is a bigger microcosm as to how we got to this point in the first place, right? Where, you know, people all want to talk about what it's going to do on the sidelines. This is someone who's almost 70 years old that doesn't have a history of heart or lung issues that I know of, but... This disease hits people in different ways. Now, right now, he's asymptomatic, and that's great, but we also don't know what's going to happen to him afterward. So, obviously, thoughts and prayers with Nick Saban and his family and everything that's going on. It's going to be weird without him on Saturday on the sideline. The last person to coach Alabama, not named Nick Saban on the sidelines, was uh, then defensive coordinator, interim head coach, Joe Kynes. Alabama lost the Liberty Bowl that year in 2006 to Oklahoma State. Uh, I believe that was, if not the same year either the year before or the year after I'm a man I'm 40. <laughs> uh so it, that that long ago. That was the last time that a non Nick Saban head coach took the sidelines. Uh in this game I think it's a straight pickem. Uh I think if this game were in Georgia, I would give Georgia a I'd say they're probably a uh, they win by 7. Uh this game being at Alabama kind of evens the table for me. <laughs> I'm gonna take Alabama here with very, very just the least confidence I ever have, um, knowing that I won't be fully heartbroken if they lose this game. Because again, this game, this year is so weird. This game is so strange. Uh, Saban's not going to be there. There's so many factors going into it that just sort of point to Alabama losing the game that I'm not going to be that shocked or heartbroken about it. However, if they win this game by a lot, that will shock me.
1: Oh, that I would be shocked if they won this game running away with it. I, I would. So, like I said, I don't know that I've ever picked Alabama to lose, but based on just everything going, no Nick Saban, what we saw from the defense last week, how good Georgia's defense is. And I know Alabama's offense is great. Uh, it's it's more than good. It's 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 great. It's frosted flakes. But um, with those factors, if there ever was going to be a week where I am going to do it, it's this week. I, I do. I Sitting here today, if they play Saturday, I feel like Georgia's going to win this game.
0: I'll take... Alabama, 34. Georgia, 31. Uh, if we're going to go
1: score prediction, yeah, I'll say 38, uh, 34.
0: Yeah. Okay. Hate to do it, but, you know, I, I doubt there's very many people in the country that would disagree with us on those picks, uh, either one. Um, I, I really think this game is a toss up um, and not for great reasons either. But let's move on. We can sort of bounce around. There's not a, a ton of games that are going to be that. The thrilling. I mean, Clemson, Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh, Miami, Auburn, South Carolina. That game may be good, uh, but I could see Auburn kind of waking up this week, um, especially after being very, very sleepy the first few weeks. Uh, yeah. And That's putting it gently. Um, uh, but, you know, there's just not a whole heck of a lot. I really hate that this Alabama-Georgia game is at 8 p.m. Um, if it is played. Uh, Texas A&M at Mississippi State could get interesting depending on which team we see uh, and which KJ Costello we, sh- we see, I should say. Um, but right now, there's just not a whole lot that I'm looking at that excites me. Um, your postponed games already for this week are Oklahoma State at Baylor, Cincinnati at Tulsa, LSU at Florida, and Vanderbilt at Missouri um vanderbilt missouri That's probably for the best for everybody involved that nobody's playing that game (laughs) three of those Um, games
1: those first three you named i was actually interested in all three of those
0: same uh cincinnati at tulsa would have been a great game that's two very very uh strong defensive teams in the aac um that could have been a great game to watch your weeknight games in case you get bored you're tired of uh some playoff baseball chanticleers upset louisiana last night brick shots up big time baby uh, they're 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 still undefeated. I mean, you might as well put them in the rankings. Uh, Georgia State at Arkansas State tonight, and then Friday you've got the best quarterback in Texas, Shane Bouchelle, going up against Tulane at six p.m. You also have BYU at Houston, which could get a little dicey. BYU struggled with UTSA last week. Uh, they're ranked 14th, looking to keep it, keeping on climbing up the rankings. Uh, Brick, is there anything else you want to cover today? Um, no i don't think so i think that's pretty much it um i will be out of town i will be enjoying my anniversary trip it has already been one year congratulations shocking to me uh so i think the only game i will watch saturday if it if it's even played will be georgia alabama um but if it's not played then we'll have to sit and wait till uh till december december
1: 12th exactly same week as lsu florida
0: correct Correct. Same week as LSU, Florida. Folks, thank you so much for listening. We've always wanted to do this podcast. You can go to our website again at patsinterference.com to follow all the recent updates and episodes. You can also follow us on Twitter at PI underscore podcast. And there's nothing better in the world than doing this podcast with my best friend in the whole world. The whole world, baby.